1: Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen, from Twin Peaks, one of our favorite spots. The Twin Peaks and Round Rocks, or if you're in the neighborhood, come on out and join us. We'll be out here uh, doing the show till actually till about six o'clock, but we'll stop Ball Don't Lie at about 5:30, and then we'll start the pre game for Texas basketball taking on Colgate tonight. We'll preview that. We'll slap it up, flip it, and rub it down from every damn angle. Also. Happy March Madness to each and every one of y'all out there. Yes, we'll talk about the tournament, we'll talk about the upsets, we already got one of those, we'll get into it. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew, he was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network, he originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to go the 40 Acres and chase his dream and the cheese, pimping ain't easy, but for this man it's a breeze, the Mike Hardball Hard, what's going on my man? Man, we up in the spot, we're Mm -hmm. up in my neck of the woods, there's
2: There's a lot to look at. Let me just
1: tell you (laughs) about that. Mm
2: -hmm. But most importantly, it is happy March Madness to everybody. How about this? We start March Madness off on a Thursday. We have uh, St. Patrick's Day on a Friday Amen. and all of this we breaking Amen. down with basketball all over the place I'm excited about it you were right somebody's bracket is already busted Mm-mm-mm. but not my son my son still got the perfect bracket believe it or not and I tried not to believe it, but he let me know for <laughs> sure. If you want to know where the money is, follow him. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is
1: my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that intro, as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. And he's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. We call him the idillionaire, Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? He's on the scene, too, by the way. I'm on the
0: scene. I'm on the scene. I'm doing good. There's basketball on all the TVs. That makes me a happy man.
1: Oh, man, I know it does. It makes everybody happy, Uh, woman or man right now. Uh, A lot of brackets are already busted. Uh, Mine is busted. but not for the reason you would think. I actually did pick uh, Furman. There you go. Yeah, I, but I I picked Utah State too. <laughs> it don't matter. It, just, it, just, it, just, it don't matter. You can you can claim one one win, but you are gonna claim an L somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. You gonna it's definitely get that. But I did pick Furman because I really I like their school chant, which is uh, F you all the time. <laughs> so I love that. I thought that I want that to keep on going. I like that, that, that one. Real. F you yeah, we need all did. the time. F U all the time. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool school that chant. Is right definitely there. Definitely you know, that is definitely one of those. Uh, they actually have it on their like helmets and stuff so, like <laughs> that. That is slag right <laughs> there. Anyway, uh, we'll. talk Talk a lot about all the news, notes, and nuggets from the NCAA tournament. Get you caught up with all the scores as well. Uh, best way to keep up with us is via the Twitterverse today uh, because we are on remote. So hit us up. Uh, I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. I'm at Harge at in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP, is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And uh, you can hit him up there as well. Like I said, 530, we'll be done with ball, don't lie. And then we'll start up. Uh, The the pre-game, which is uh, the Texas pre-game for their matchup versus Colgate, which we will break down extensively, all right, thoroughly. We're going to get deep, deep, deep into that matchup coming up here in just a second. But um, I figured maybe we'd start things off early on, just kind of talking about who we have as our final four. Yeah, okay. We can dive into that and then get into all of the other kind of Elements that you guys want to get into, and of course we'll talk more to Texas and Colgate. But really quickly, just to give you an update on the scores we have already uh, that have already been uh, settled in the NCAA tournament so far. We do have Kansas beating Howard 96 to 68, Furman with the big upset. We just mentioned that 13 seed beating a four seed Virginia 68 to 67. Missouri uh, beat Utah State, a seven seed beating 10 76 to 65. And Maryland had the first win of the day actually 67. 67- 65 win on West Virginia. And I was wrong on that one too. Because so I picked West Virginia uh, to win that one too. So I was wrong on that one. So my bracket's already busted. Even <laughs> though I already picked the I picked the upset. Don't yep. matter. Bracket still busted there. Um, Alright, so I did one bracket. I did my bracket over at the horn, hornfm.com. So shout out to the horn. Can't wait to do that. Um, final four. Do you guys want to give our each our final four picks that we have already? You can go first. At, at, at least the ones that you have, I oh don't know how many brackets you have filled out. The ones you I didn't have get.
2: that many filled out uh, this year.
1: <laughs> um, I have, the way it worked out, uh, Alabama, Purdue, Texas, and UCLA. I don't know how it worked out that way, but it did. That, that sounds good, man. That's my, that's my I got two two-seeds and two one-seeds. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like the way you did
2: that. Well, you know, as I look at mine, I continue to look at it and believe I got this figured out, right?
1: Everybody thinks they
2: got it. I, I figured got it figured out. Figured out. So my <laughs> final four, believe it or not, obviously the Texas Longhorns. Got
1: to have it in there, man. I got
2: them playing KU for a third time, fourth time, excuse me. And then I have Arizona and the Fighting Shaka Smarts for Marquette.
1: Okay. I like yeah. that. All right, like that's it. a nice storyline so right there. So I got
2: yeah. In the championship game, I'll get that to you too. I got Marquette and Texas playing each other for shot. <laughs> that is a
1: hell of a storyline. <laughs> I got Texas and Alabama in my title game. That's smart. That's, uh, what, that, that's,
2: the, that's what everybody's yeah, going to believe. That's, a, that's Except, a sexy matchup. That's though.
1: a sexy matchup. Oh, yeah. Marquette, that is nice. I like that. That's
0: how I rolled with it this time. I like time.
1: that. Uh, all right, Patrick, who you got?
0: I have Alabama, Purdue. Kansas and Texas. Yeah. Okay. So so, so yeah. pretty chalk.
1: We have three of the four that you say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty chalk there. Yeah. I'm chalk. I'm Ashley Larry in this damn thing. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Might as well call me Ashley Larry, man. I'm chalky <laughs> as hell. So I feel you all that. Who'd you got advanced to your title game? Uh,
0: Alabama and Texas.
1: Okay. Yeah, man. You got okay. uh,
0: yeah. to drink the Burnt Orange Kool Aid. Yeah. Been what? watching this team all year. Sip. Oh, you, you, you've had a front row seat. I have to front this row team. seat that's all year. True. Yeah. But, but a, how am I not going to pick them?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. You <laughs> And honestly, I considering how much basketball you watch, I actually feel good that you feel good
0: <laughs> about
1: it because you watch a lot of basketball and no you got an up-close personal view, uh, getting ringside – sorry, ringside seats, but courtside seats, sometimes ringside. Ringside court-side works, seats, too. Courtside uh, to seats uh, to this team and what they've been able to do this season. Uh, let me just throw this out there, too. I think, you know, one of the reasons everybody feels good by drinking the burn orange Kool-Aid is because – all the experts are also drinking the burnt orange Kool-Aid. We talked about that too. Uh, whether it's Dickie V or Jay Wright or Seth Davis, Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis, they're all picking Texas in their Final Four as well. So a lot. You think
2: of, Jay Wright is telling us that because he wants the job?
1: Uh, you know, what I'm saying well, he's no, trying to I, put I, it out there it's like that. it different if he was on the limb. He's not. Yeah. It, it's crazy now that drinking, yeah. drinking the burnt orange Kool-Aid. That's not something that's you know considered something that's asinine in this tournament. A lot of people are drinking the burnt orange. Kool-Aid. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so I. I think a lot, it's our expectation. We'll see how this team does with high expectations. You know, they, they haven't been playing the underdog role. Texas never does. But I will say expectations probably dropped for this team when Chris Beard Correct. With, went through his situation, and then he was ousted, and they brought in Rodney Terry. The expectations probably dropped for this team a little bit. Very fair. So now expectations are high again. This team is expected to perform at a championship level. we we'll see if they can go out there and do it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you with the expectation kind of falling off because of the Chris Beard situation. But as the season started to go on, and especially when you got a chance to watch this team in the Big 12 tournament, you sit here and you say, okay, this team is headed in the right direction at, at tournament time. Yeah, That's the most important part. And then you brought up the stat yesterday about how old Texas was leading into this tournament, the experience that they have. I've been really big on the three-guard play for the entire year, and now it's time for them to come out and play at this very high level. That's going to be the interesting part for me tonight, is what kind of team is Texas going to show out in the very beginning? Are they going to come out and look like they deserve to be here? Are they the team that we continue to look at and say they are, they're playing their best basketball at the right time? The slow start, is it going to be a slow start? Is it going to be a fast start? How are they going to react in both directions? If it's a fast start, are they going to be able to maintain it? If it's a slow start, are they going to be able to flip the script? There's so many different storylines because the expectations are so high, to your point. Everybody's looking at the University of Texas and believing, oh, they deserve to be there. But are they going to be able to handle the, the emotional roller coaster that is always a part of this big mcaa tournament at the end of the year
1: Yeah, let's think about I and mean, both of these teams colgate and texas both of them have a lot of experience i mean Colgate no doubt. has been to the ncaa tournament three out of the last mm-hmm. four years or so they've made an appearance they haven't gotten a win but they've made an appearance and actually you know they've had a couple of leads uh, that they've blown in those uh, tournament games yep. uh, what i will say though for texas i'm with you about the fast start uh, even Coach Terry talked about. He said first four minutes. He literally specifically said four minutes. He he needs them to come out strong in the first four minutes. So I think he's talking about the start for this team specifically, that he wants them to come out with a lot of intensity and set the tone. When you have these situations like, you know, you're going up a David and Goliath situation here, you know, a two Mm -hmm. versus a 15, you know, oftentimes you can destroy a team's confidence early because they are not sure if they can play with you. Right even though they may they may feel like they got a good scheme and a good game plan and they got good players not saying that, but because there is such a huge talent gap there's just a huge talent disparity they 're not really sure if they can play with you. You come out early on and set the tone and have those wild plays where even they 're going. Man, uh, I'm not, you know, these guys, they're the real deal. I mean, yeah. we, we've never seen anything like this uh, as a team. Yes, we're a good team, but this team is on a different level. Uh, that would, I think, make a huge difference. They come out early on, and they have that, you know, that rocky moment with Mr. T, you ain't so <laughs> bad. You ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. Yeah. You, ain't so bad. Yeah. you do not want that moment with Colgate where they play with you for the first five minutes to go, man, this this is the number, what? This is number two? Yeah. This is a two seed? This team, this team is everybody picking to make the Final Four? You don't want that moment, because that moment, that's when now their confidence starts to balloon. Um, and then they start to believe, and you don't want belief. You want to squash that belief. You want to put the kibosh on it. You want to be a dream killer and a hope annihilator today. You do not want to start breeding that in this uh, in this situation early on with Koke.
2: Put your foot on their throat right away and early just make on, sure to leave no doubt. Yeah, they when can you come plan, out man, there,
1: but just you should have, you should have control of the game the entire game. But if you leave them in it, man. Trust me, Colgate can they can shoot. Yeah, and I mean, can, it's... And shooting you, is confidence.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that's what if you press the ball early and you press these these guards and everything, they, they don't have the ball handling skills to go against a Tyrese Hunter yep. or a Jabari Rice or, or a Devlin Arterio Morris who's going to be going for the ball. You just have to really come at them fast and treat them as if you were playing Kansas again. You have to treat them with that respect because if you do that, then you can dominate them. But if you treat try and play to their level... And you say, "Hey, let's take it easy. We're gonna to have to play again on Saturday. Let's, you know, step back a little bit. And you know, we don't think they'll hit threes over us. Or that—that's when you can start to get in trouble. And once people hit a few shots on you, you can start to lose that confidence in yourself, and it becomes harder and harder. And you pick up, start to pick up fouls because you're overplaying now, and you're you're going for steals instead of just playing good, solid defense. So it, it, it's just—I I think you you come out and press them and play really tight defense early, set the tone for the officials too." To let them know, like, oh no, this is the style of basketball we are playing today. So don't call fouls every two minutes, because we're going to get up on these guys and we're going to create turnovers. And if we create turnovers, we can win this game pretty easily.
1: Yeah. No, and they don't turn the ball over. By the way, they are—they're yeah. um, a top ten in assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, they don't turn the ball over, take care of the basketball. this one thing. But they haven't faced a team as athletically gifted—I gifted, should say as yeah. Texas. Uh, they're top ten in offensive rating. Field goal percentage, three point percentage, uh, assist per game, assist to turnover ratio, total assists, effective field goal percentage. So offensively, they are dangerous, really, really dangerous. Defensively, they're gonna struggle to keep up with Texas defensively, and it really what well, Texas really will have an advantage just kind of down low with Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSou. Yeah, um, they really can kind of impose their will on this team down low with those two as a physical presence.
2: Well, let's talk. And I agree with you 100%. The way, especially the way that Dylan DeSue has been playing. Oh, he's been playing some of the best basketball that we've seen at that position in a very long time. He's been very aggressive, been able to go up there. The thing that I like about it, yes, he's been scoring buckets, but he's been fighting on the re- defensive end on the rebounds. That has been the biggest thing that I've been watching with him and how I was excited to see him do that but let's talk about the elephant in the room that is headed into today do you start Timmy Allen and go back to Sir Jabari Rice coming off the bench or because you've had success this past this past tournament with him not playing not not saying that he's not a valuable part because I believe that he's going to be a major contributor and a major decision to why Texas wins or loses this tournament he has to be a major part of it but when you're watching this game and watching this team do you think it's okay for them to start with um, Serge Jabari Rice in the starting lineup and have Timmy Allen coming off the bench or do you go back to what you've done the majority of the year
1: it's a good question um I think I think Rodney Terry right now is probably gonna put Timmy Allen back in there just because that's his guy and he's, he's, you know, I mean, Timmy Allen has been, you know, a really, really dependable piece for him. I don't think he wants to shake things up, but, I mean, he could. Maybe this is the time they played really well, played their best basketball of the season, and I'm not saying that it coincided with the change, and that's the reason for it, but it did. It, it happened right. around the same time. I do think it opens up different elements of the offense, opens up the lane a little bit more uh, when they have those three guards out there to start with Serge Barry Rice insert um, into the starting lineup. I think he'll go with Timmy Allen. I'm not saying he should, but I think he will. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably would still leave Timmy Allen in because I don't want to, unless he came to me personally and said, Coach, I'll come off the bench. I don't want to mess up what like we did in the Big 12 tournament. Unless he does that, I don't want to mess up his confidence. I don't want to mess up and go, "Hey, man, this is what we we're doing all year." But I am going to probably, when I rotate, when he uh, pull out Dylan Mitchell out of the game four or five minutes into the game, I'm going to put in Jabari Rice for Dylan Mitchell and run a smaller lineup and try and go a little bit smaller instead of necessarily keeping a rotation of three guards and two bigs. I may use Timmy Allen in that big spot a little bit more in this game.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. No, it's de- it definitely looked different, um, and I think it helped out Marcus out, uh, Marcus Carr's game a little bit too, yeah. um, being able to have the, the lane, uh, just a, a little bit more space. Yep. Um, and I think it creates a little bit more space um, when you have more shooters on the floor, essentially. So uh, we'll, we'll see what Coach decides to do. Either way, Sergio Rice doesn't matter if he's in the starting role or if he's coming off the bench. I mean, he's he's, been he's the guy. gonna eat. Yeah, he's been he's the guy gonna for eat. You. He's been fantastic for you. And uh, that's part of what was promising about the big win over Kansas to win the Big 12 tournament was that there was no Timmy Allen there. Uh, and at times, you know, we've made the uh, you know the claim that Timmy Allen, you know, I, I believe uh, the Texter called him Timmy, Timmy Tourniquet. Yeah, Timmy
2: Tourniquet. That he's
1: the one that can stop the bleeding for you <laughs> offensively when that happens. Uh, you hadn't needed that, actually. You haven't needed Timmy Tourniquet the last few games because offensively, You've been in a really good rhythm. Now I'm not saying you haven't had your lows, but you've been offensively looking as good if you looked all year long. You have some guys who are contributing that haven't contributed uh, so far. You got Arterio Morris stepping up. Woo man, so,
2: he's been outstanding. He's
1: been great. And that's why you talk about those three guards. I mean we know Sergeant Bryce Rice is gonna be great. He's been your most consistent guard. Marcus Carr also having, you know, now, you know, kind of a resurgence, hopefully at the right time, 17 points in that last game versus Kansas. If Arturio Morris offensively can still provide those, kind of, you know, those those juice plays where he can really, really kind of almost start a run by himself. He did it uh, in that last game. I mean, he was great. He had a steal and a layup and shot a three. He just provides so much energy. You can get that with the defensive intensity of a guy like Tyrese Hunter. Uh, you almost can moneyball that third guard play. If yep. those four guys just keep, keep playing that role at a really high level, uh, Texas got a shot to, to make a real run in the tournament.
2: Well, I'm glad that you brought up my man Tyrese Hunter. That's somebody that I've been waiting for to get back into the flow of the game, getting finding his, his juice, so to speak. And he's been playing well for the last five weeks. He's been playing five games. Excuse me. The last five games that he's participated in, my man is starting to turn the corner. And most important thing, you can see his confidence start to grow back because he's playing good defense, he's knocking down the open three, and he's getting to the free throw line. So if they can continue to get to the bucket, and I don't know if you guys have been watching a lot of these games. There's some games that they're letting them play, but then there's been a lot of games where they've been calling foul after foul after foul as soon as they get into the lane. So we're, I'm just hoping that they will be the ones that when they attack the rim, They start calling the fouls and not just letting them play the entire time. Because I get it. You want to be able to go out there and do your thing. But sometimes you, you want that foul. That's why you continue to attack the rim. So I'm hoping that we get to see that part of this Texas basketball team. Still being aggressive. Still knocking down open shots. But most importantly, attacking the lane. Because you mentioned it earlier. They don't have a lot of guys that are as athletic as the Texas Longhorns team. Especially the bigs. Exactly. So if they can get into the paint and attack the rim, I'm sure that they're going to spend a lot of time at the free throw line.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think for, you know, Texas, this team is just a really good spot-up shooting team. It's kind of one of their claims to fame is that uh, statistically you could argue that the nation's best spot-up offense generally. Um, here, and it basically they can, the the little bit that I've researched that I've been able to do on Colgate, they can hit you from outside, be trying to close out on them a lot, then their point guards love that because then they can drive the lane, or they'll drop it off inside and almost run the offense uh, through their big man. Um, And he's a Keegan uh, record, I believe, that's his name. Uh, They'll run the offense through him sometimes when – it gets kind of bogged down, or when some um, some team has really good perimeter defense, they'll decide, all right, we're just going to throw it down inside. So, they, I mean, they got multiple ways to score. They're one of the best offenses in the country. They haven't gone up against a defense this good, though, in Texas. No, they haven't. But it's the tournament. Anything crazy can and happen. And we
2: saw it, Furman. Even though you picked them, it's still crazy that they won.
1: It's crazy that they won. <laughs> and we know there's a talent disparity, but sometimes in the firm, if you don't come to play, it's only on one win, are, baby. Yeah, uh, those yeah. things don't matter. I think Texas we're we ready to play defensively. Their defense has been their identity. They're playing their best defense of the year. Defense travels, no doubt. So even if their offense, because they're playing in a different you know arena and they're not accustomed to it, and the depth perception is off, all the kind of uh-huh. stuff, yeah. Um, the defense should come to play. And Texas has really good perimeter defense. And Colgate hasn't seen a defense as opportunistic, really, and as intense as Texas.
2: I love the fact that you brought that about the defense. The defense is the most intensity and most intensified part of this team so every time we look at it and see what's going on that's the part that i want to see are you going to be able to get those leak outs are you going to be able to get some some fast break points those are some things too and of course we've been talking about it getting into the paint and making sure you make them them pay during that time
1: yeah it's, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch because Colgate just likes to. I mean, they want to shoot. Yeah. They're, they're basically in the. It's weird that they're so bad at uh, free throw shooting. That's very yeah. strange. 327th in the country in free throw shooting. I don't get that, but every other offensive metric, I mean, they're spectacular. Field goal percentage, yeah. second. Effective field goal percentage, uh, they're top 10 there. First in three point percentage. So, I mean, they're a really good team.
0: Yeah, and, and very good passing team. That they, they make a lot of cuts, they can get the open, their big men can come out and run that high low game with some of the guards making back cuts that you just have to watch out and stay on your stay on your position because they get a lot of layups and easy looks which helps that field goal percentage go way up when you're laying the ball in the basket a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be. I think it's a it's a nice first round challenge for Texas because there's no question that Texas has a, a huge you know talent advantage in this game. But schematically, uh, this team does a lot. If they can get hot, they get hot from three point range. Best three point shooting team yep, in the country. Yep. That's how upsets happen. That's exactly that's, how that's, they happen. That's that's what arguably you could you could make the argument that's the number one factor and variable in upsets. And I haven't obviously I would not the Furman. Uh, Virginia game, go back and look at it. But usually, go back and look at that three-point percentage or disparity. It usually is lopsided uh, to the the, uh, advantageous to the winner. So that's what Texas got to focus on. I figure if Texas can make them inefficient from three-point range, which is their bread and butter. Now, they don't make a ton of them. mean, make less than nine per game. Um, But that is their identity. And if you can make them have to beat you left-handed, I I think Texas has a chance to really – covering it, covering the spread and blowing them out.
2: But even you talking about it, think about that, nine per game, right around nine per game. I mean, I mean it's like a little less than nine. Yeah, 8. 3, yeah, like that. Yeah, 8.3, but you sit there and you look at it, that's still, that's 24 points from three. That's that's impressive. And it depends on when it happens. And exactly. Too. That's, too. The, <laughs> it depends, that's, that's a real big part of it. That's how Furman beat them. Yeah. They shot a three at the end of the game and knocked it down, walking off. So mm-hmm. that that's huge.
1: Yeah. That's huge. And they got a bunch of guys. They got four guys that shoot 40% or better yep. um, from three-point range. Uh, so they got a lot of guys that can shoot really, really well. Some of the best three-point shooters in the country. Um, but Texas should be ready for that, no question. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into some NFL news notes and nuggets. The Dallas Cowboys, a lot of rumors now with the Cowboys. Come on, man. And rumors related to the wide receiver market. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that. I do believe the Cowboys have made another miscalculation. Uh-oh. Now. Unfortunately, Uh-oh. I like what the Cowboys have done, so I'm not going to trash the Cowboys. Here we go. But I will say I think they made a <laughs> miscalculation, and I don't know if it's going to really be debilitating for them, uh, but I think they got this one wrong. We'll talk about that on the other side, uh, NFL free agency. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, a Welcome back it's Ball Don't Lie right, right here on 104.9 The Horn, a new theme, Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie, and based on the song selections, we're supposed to figure out what the new theme is. But you got, Archie? I have
2: zero on this one. <laughs> okay.
0: I have <laughs> no, Patrick, no idea Patrick what this is. here, so
1: Patrick could just tell us what the new theme is. he's here on the
0: spot. I mean, I know what it is. We'll see. We'll get a couple of songs in, see if we can figure it out. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know what this is. Like, song who is this? This is the Boomtown Rats that don't like Mondays. Boomtown Rats. And I don't like Mondays. I don't like Mondays.
2: All right, interesting. I have okay. no clue what the theme is, I but have no idea. I'll keep working. All right.
1: Happy March, Mar- March Madness, everybody <laughs> out there. Uh, new theme Thursday edition of Ball well, Don't Lie. We are hanging out at Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location. If you are in the neighborhood, come on out. If you uh, need somewhere to watch all the games and watch all the tournament action, come on out and hang out with us. We're having a great time out here at Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location. Also, we're going to be uh, interrupted. Uh, Prematurely for uh, Texas pregame for Texas basketball versus Colgate, and we're gonna have our pre. Pre-game starting up at 5.30 the pregame. we starting up at 6 o'clock right here on 104.9 The Horn. Full Monty out here at Round Rock uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, my man Patrick Davis on uh, on location as well as Harge and myself. So you can come on out here and meet the crew and see the crew and uh, shout out to all the fans who have already come on out. We appreciate all the love all the time. Alright, Harge, Dallas Cowboys, man. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of rumors and reports out there about the Cowboys. One of the reports is the one that won't die. I mean, this is it's the never-ending story of reports. <laughs> they are indeed talking to Odell Beckham Jr. I they mean, are one on. of few, one of the few teams that are interested in bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't, they didn't go to his workout, but the latest report says the Cowboys are indeed in interested. All right, so yeah. I'll ask you, a Cowboys fan, hearing it now, the Cowboys have obviously done their research. Um, Could Odell Beckham Jr. be the answer to the Cowboys' wide receiver woes? Because they obviously need some wide receiver help. Uh, Jordan Schultz, I believe, is the one who is bringing up the Cowboys as one of the interested parties in Odell Beckham Jr., but we know there have been reports prior to this one uh, from other outlets and other insiders that have claimed the Cowboys are, are still talking to OD, Odell Beckham Jr. and have been interested in Odell Beckham Jr. even before his workout, hell, even going back to last season.
2: Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing about it. You start thinking about how the Cowboys are trying to upgrade the wide receiver position. They let Noah Brown go. Um, he, re, he signed with another team. And then you're still banking on Michael Gallup. Is he going to be that guy? You drafted Jalen Tolbert last year, and you're trying to figure out if he's ready to go. He's not. Exactly. And and so you're sitting there, and I don't know if this is where you were going to go, but you're looking at the wide receiver position and how the miscalculation of the market, again, has put Dallas in a spot to where they're trying to figure out are we going to be good with Odell Beckham? Are we going to need to go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins? Who is
1: going to be that other wide receiver to go with CeeDee Lamb? Jane Slater you? says there's nothing to DeAndre Hopkins rumors that she can gather. She said all of her sources are telling her there's nothing to that.
2: Which is kind of sad to me. Then and, and DeAndre
1: Hopkins tweeted out in response to Micah Parsons an emoji shrugging his shoulders like, I don't know. And I believe it was Trayvon Diggs and Michael Parsons with tweets enticing DeAndre Hopkins to come to the the, the Cowboys. And I bet his response was like, man, I, I don't I'm hearing crickets now. Nobody's yeah. talking to me. So they, they're not interested in DeAndre Here Hopkins. They go right
2: again, now. just trying to figure out we like our guys and that but we're gonna look at an outside guy that has torched us over the years that we don't even know how healthy he's going to be at this time. And he wants a multi-year contract. Are the Cowboys willing to do that? He wants twenty million a year, reportedly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and if, if and if that's the case, then this goes all the way back to what we were talking about in the very beginning about Amari Cooper. If that is what you're going to pay for a top-line wide receiver, you should have kept Amari Cooper.
0: Yeah, but I, don't, I mean, I think if he they were going to pay him twenty million, he'd already be a Cowboy. I, like I, I think that's kind of out the window. Just unless it comes down to. He's still not signed. You get through the draft. You didn't get a wide receiver. You start to get desperate. Maybe then you look at it. Yeah. But if, if they were willing to pay him twenty million, yeah. he'd already he'd already have the star in a helmet. But <laughs> I think they want to get him for probably closer to oh, fifteen, yeah. if yeah. not less. If Less okay, than thirteen. That. Yeah, 13, 13, that's what I was about. To 13, say. 12, or 13. in that, that incentive based contract, you play X amount of games, you get this amount of yards, then you can make up to twenty million dollars. But if you don't, then you can make twelve. take this 12. Yeah, and be good with (laughs) it. And be happy with it. Because I know
2: you're still dealing with your cryptocurrency issues, so that's not
0: our fault. And we'll pay you in cash. Exactly.
1: (laughs) James Slater tweeted out uh, uh, yesterday, this is my evening tweet covering my bases. I've asked dot, 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 anything to D-Hop rumors now with more restructuring. And Zeke, a source, quote, no D-Hop talk from us. Guess he's telling everybody he wants to be a Cowboy. Any surprises right now, like Gilmore coming, question mark? No, the response from the um, scout. She says, all I can do is ask. So uh, the D-hop stuff is basically kind of player-driven right now. I don't know if it's a front-office-driven thing.
2: Why not listen to the players on your team? Because they obviously know what talent looks like and what's going to be the help. At yeah. least give him the conversation.
1: D. D- Hop's a way better option, than, exactly. Than oh yeah Beckham, oh five, he far, but he's more expensive too. He's, he's more expensive, so it's like yeah. it's a yeah, it's a dollars ratio kind of thing. Yeah, he has dollars, a, dollars to oh, talent that's right. ratio, and he's still under
0: contract if I'm not Sorry. mistaken. Yeah, he's uh he has I believe a thirty million dollar cap hit this year, and like $26, twenty six, twenty seven million next year. Yeah, he, he got can trade make that for him work. too. so, yeah. so, so sure, you got to you got to give, give up trade
1: cap. Yeah, so you got I understand why, but I think D. Hop would be. Ooh, I, I'm not saying he put you over the top, make you a Super Bowl contender, but damn, man, D. D. Hop would would really. I think he'd push you past the divisional round. That's for damn, for damn show. Sure. Yeah, no. What trying to do right now is get past the divisional round. I think he would help you do it.
2: That's what we're calling goals, right? You got to yeah. have some goals. Yeah, I then find it. somebody that will help you achieve your
1: goals. Yeah, I think he's definitely that guy. No question about it. Okay, so here's the um, the conundrum that you nah, got for well, me. the the miscalculation, I think, the Cowboys. Might have made and it, it's, just, it's minor, I, I don't think it's anything major. Um, but you guys have been paying attention to the uh, the running back market in yep. free agency, yep. And honestly, guys, the running back market, right, is, is deflated, like it, they're not paying these running backs a lot of money at all, yeah. They're paying them pennies on the dollar, yep. That running back market is depressed to say the least. So, I mean, I know they had to. Franchise tag Tony Pollard, but even that franchise tag now of ten million looks high. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> right? it does. It look right. It does. If you compare it, right? Uh, I already looked at. You looked at, and this was. I'm sure there have been some more deals that have been signed, but this was as of early this morning. Uh, this, this morning. So if you look at this morning, not one of the new contracts that were signed by running backs ranked in the top twelve league wide in average annual value. Uh, standpoint, a- average annual value of a salary. Now you're yeah. in the top ten or twelve guys. No doubt. And what does the Tony Pollard contract, uh, the uh, franchise tag, do? It basically gives you the average of top five at that position. Yep. So, so honestly, now nah, they they said they probably said they had to do it. You could have let him become a free agent and maybe looked at the. Running back market in the draft, which is robust, to say the yep, least, yep. or the deepest we've seen in, what, 10 years or so. Uh, the free agent running back market is really, really deep as well. Hell, are still some really good ones out there that are still on the market that you could get on the cheap. Yep. You probably can get Deontay Foreman for a veteran minimum right now. Pennies, just a little bit of a you know a signing bonus. I'll there. give him seven million. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll give him seven million a year. Oh, he said, "Come, come, you ain't got right? I think he made two million last year. You ain't got to give him that much. But that's what I'm saying. I want to <laughs> give him some good faith. <laughs> yeah. Somebody because somebody's gonna give it to him. <laughs> no, just say like, yeah. I'm not trying to shortchange him, but you yeah. don't have to give him that much because, like I said, the running back market is just really like a depressed market right now. Probably so many out there. And on the trade market, you can go if you really want a big time running back, you can go trade for Dalvin. Cook or Austin Eckler yep. or Derek Henry if you want that kind like, there's there's a high end, there's a middle middle ground and a middle class, and there's a low end to this running back market, and each of them is really, really deep. Draft, free agent and trade, and I think that was the miscalculation by the Cowboys. I, I know you, you probably had to have some type of running back on your roster, but you know who let all their running backs go and just signed four of them? Miami. Yeah, they did. They had zero running backs on their damn roster to start offseason, and now they got four of them. Well, they went back
2: and re signed
1: I know, third, but that's yeah, my point. My point is yeah. it, it, it it seems scary to kinda of start it start again, but you could you could re sign Pollard. Yep, yep. You could have let him go to the free agent running. Nobody would have touched him. He's hurt. And they're yeah. still talking about resigning. There's a swing that, that they bring back Z. That's what I'm saying. Let, let, that, yeah. let, that, let, that, let that hurt injured running back go onto the free agent market. Yeah. He already would injure, with injured. With all these guys still out there, there's no way somebody would have signed Pollard. You would have got him back on the cheap. You could have franchise tag somebody else if yeah. you wanted to. That's my point about that guy. You could have started at zero and said, you know what? We're getting one in the draft. I'm gonna get one in free agency. And you know what? I might trade for one if I can get one really cheap. If like, I need that. Are you gonna yeah. go sign two in free agency. Agency. I'll yep. oh, go draft two and get one. It, my point: miscalculation. Small one. Small one. Still a miscalculation.
2: Yeah. You sit around and you look at the running back market so far. You got David Montgomery who left Chicago and now playing with the Lions. You look at Jamal Williams who left Detroit and now playing with the Saints. They all short you deals, got, though.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah, one or two year mercenary yeah, deals. Merc-
2: yeah. And then you look at Miles Sanders. He got let go. Goes to the Panthers, and then all of a
1: sudden they go and sign. The the Eagles go and sign Rashad Penny. Ain't you no know, Miles Sanders. It made that deal made him the thirteenth highest paid running back. Guys, thirteenth <laughs>
2: highest. paid. Miscalculation.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what the, that's what you need. Somebody in your front office doing being able to predict the market. Yeah. You did the same thing with the wide receiver market. Guys, you can. There are certain variables that you can read that will help you predict where the market is going. That's very we all true. knew this market, this running back d, r, draft was gonna be deep. We have been talking about it for a year. Yep. we've been talking about how deep the free agent market was because we've been talking we've been looking at the pr- possible free agents for a year how could they not predict what we all saw
2: bro it's the dallas cowboys what are you talking about <laughs> cowboy cowboy is not looking at it that way come on he's man. he's looking at the names
1: not the numbers bro, and that's where it's starting to drive me as nuts. soon as pollard got hurt you should have looked at that market and went, yep. let's let him go yep no we'll be good we'll be good we'll prioritize one or two in the draft all right, depending on Hyde falls, we'll definitely get one in free agency. I can guarantee you that. And hell, they didn't even know that Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook would all be available for trades. Yep. Misread that market yep. badly. You're right. That, that, that tag was a bad tag. That's a bad yeah. tag on the run. Did anybody else tag a running back? Uh, not that I've heard of.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he got saying. rid of Zeke. I'm just so, they, I thought, like but so but they thought that. So they thought, okay, we, like you said. We have to have a running back on, on the roster. And you
1: said it. Miami got their running backs, but yeah. they re-signed all of them, too. Yeah. See, Miles Sanders, he got the four-year deal, right? He bucked the trade-up getting a mercenary yeah. deal. But that deal's still only $6.3 million annual average value. He's still 13th highest-paid running back. Like, you played it wrong. Cowboys, you played it wrong. Now, I love what they've done this offseason. that? No, but they, <laughs> they played that are wrong. You, you should have start, started at zero with these running backs, and you should have rebuilt through the draft and free agency. Yeah. And they, I think they have been way better off than that. It and was- just remember now, so the running back market, you said it, he's
2: 13th right now, but there's still some top, talented backs that are out there. Oh, it's a time. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman, we were talking about, Jarek uh, McKinnon, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary. Leonard Fournette, I think that's the end of the line for Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette gets a job before Zeke, I would be shocked. (laughs) I would be shocked. I really would. And then Alexander Madison as well. He's still available in there as well. I don't think
1: I'd take Fournette or Zeke. With with, with this running back draft. But that's what I'm saying.
2: If they were to sign anybody, it better not be Fournette. Fournette. Number one, he came into camp out of shape last year. Remember when we heard about Zeke? Zeke was in the best shape of his life last year. Oh, he looks good. He looks like he's ready to go. Other Another name that I keep looking at is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is somebody that out out will there. be good for whatever offense is out there because the dude is versatile. I agree. And I think he'd be cheap. Yep. And he's
1: always going to be cheap because
2: he's, he's just trying to fit. Yeah, he's exactly. Got, he he he's got baggage. a lot of baggage.
1: That's why Dante Forman is kind of cheap too, just because he started his career so rocky. But now he's found, he's kind of found his way. Dude, in terms of uh, dollar to talent uh, ratio, man, it's a great value right there. Yeah, he gives you grace. I don't know why. I've done that Deontay Foreman thing already. Just get, he's my insurance policy. Then I'd go out and get another free uh, agent in the draft. I would get yeah. one in the draft. Yeah, a, uh, because you've he, already
2: got, if you've already franchised tag Parler, you still have the one from Florida that Malik Davis. You still have him there. Now you can go and get a veteran running back. And then if you need to get one in the draft, you can get one in the draft. Because yeah. they're going to be there. You're going to be there. You just talked about how deep it is. Oh, no. You be don't there. have to get – you can get them in the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. There will be a back there for you that make that will come in and, and give you quality minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, nothing against the Tony Pollard thing, but –
2: Tony Pollard's like, man, Rod, you are ruining my check. Man. I'm not <laughs> trying to. But just, I, I looked at the
1: market recently. I was like, yeah. damn. Paying Tony Pollard right now $10 million? Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a reach.
0: That's a big reach. <laughs> That's a reach, reach, right?
1: He's, and he's a really good back, no doubt. But nobody's paying backs that kind of money these days, especially Nobody.
0: not one coming off an injury.
1: Especially not. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. So my point is, do not. I repeat, <laughs> do <laughs> not work out an extension with Tony Pollard. Do not. Two, that is two years. That is sunk cost fallacy. Do not do it. No, my point is, oh, you got to wait see how he comes off that injury first.
2: Yep. Yep. That's the main thing. You
1: can't do. He can play it this year under the franchise tag. Franchise tag it right now. Leave it alone. Yeah, don't Wait, even try to don't, negotiate exactly, with him. Don't try to do it right now. No, under the, in this window, don't do it. Yeah. No, no. And I will give them, them a
2: little bit of love. That's exactly what they may be doing. So I'm gonna give that to them. They may be already thinking that. Try to work out a deal try, with him? No, not. Work oh, out a deal. Oh, don't just. Yeah. We're gonna franchise them because we want them around. But you know as well as I do, if I'm coming off of an injury and I can get myself back in shape, and I know that this is a year that I can make money. I'm going to get myself back in shape and then I'm going to come back and play even better this year. I'm going to try to get myself ready to go and be better this year and then we can renegotiate after we play you on the franchise tag, but what's going to end up happening is the Cowboys are going to end up cutting them, And then we're going to be all good anyway.
1: Well, Cuz they're going to draft. They do, they need to they're draft. Going to one. draft. Yeah, they they're going to draft. Yeah, they're going to draft. One. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, another miscalculation by the Cowboys, but I do like the offseason they're having so far. Way more good than bad. All right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side. We're live from the Twin Peaks Round Rock location. Come on out here and join us. We'll be out here to the pre-game starts up oh, yeah. for Texas versus Colgate. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on the wonderful the All right, welcome back to Ball do right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live from Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location. It is a new theme Thursday. Based on the selections that are picked out by my man Patrick, Harj and I are supposed to be able to gather clues that lead us to the new theme of the day, the new theme Thursday. Harj, um,
0: you got anything? Is this a Lannis set or? No, this is the Cranberries. Wow. So who was the first one to play? The Boomtown Rats. Mm. Are these March Madness songs? They are not March Madness songs. Is this no, a South no. by Southwest thing? Nope. Dang no, no South me. by Southwest. Ah. Is it because it's
2: raining today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: more. I like it. We'll say the next one gives you more of a hint or less of a hint. Okay. I think this one gave me less of a hint. That's for sure. Uh, all right. So, New
1: Theme Thursday. Uh, my man, Patrick, the idea, you know, always keeping us on our toes on New Theme Thursday. Also keeping you on your toes is uh, Flex, FLXATX.com. Or go to FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, They got great breakdown for you up there about the uh – the all-district selections for 26-6A, uh, 25-6A standouts as well. You can go check that out at flxatx.com. Of course, it's hoop season, so we're talking about high school basketball here in uh, the Flex area. Also, I believe there's going to be a Flex podcast. Usually, we have your Flex show, the Flex uh, radio show, right after uh, you get done with Ball Don't Lie on Wednesdays. But I believe that the Flex guys are going to have a podcast in lieu of yep. that because we've been so busy covering Texas baseball and now Texas basketball as well. Haven't had enough on-air time to cover all of the sports, but also keep you up to date with the Flex. So, uh, go check out hornfm.com or go to flxatx.com and I'm sure that'll be up there for you, or maybe it's already up there for you. Yep. Uh, Alright, we come back. We'll get into Texas Colgate. we got to continue to break down the Texas Colgate matchup. Also, NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Still no word yet, a movement yet, I should say, on Aaron Rodgers to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. But we did have the Pat McAfee interview yesterday where Aaron Rodgers did indeed admit that he has every intention on playing for the Jets. All that's holding up this, this transaction. Is compensation? Come on, man! Well, isn't that always to hold up with I was any transaction? Say, <laughs> every transaction that is being held That's, up has something to do, do with that, with compensation. That's right. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about that too a little bit. That's on the docket. Also, uh, more Cowboys news, note to Nuggets, any free agency that breaks from the NFL, but lots of tournament talk. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on Wonderful.